Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're now on Patreon. That's right. You can support us and get benefits at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. We have three tiers, $4.99, $6.99, and $9.99. The first tier gives you all the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling podcasts and post shows and the PW Torch daily casts with the ads and plugs removed. That membership tier also includes the VIP after shows that on occasion we put on extended versions for VIP members at the end of the Wade Keller shows and daily casts. And it's compatible with the Apple Podcast app and any other third-party podcast app out there, or you can stream the shows directly from your Patreon app or the Patreon website. Or you can upgrade to Tier 2 for two extra dollars a month and add the Wade Keller hotline to the mix, a daily podcast just for VIP members who support us. Or you can upgrade to Tier 3 and get all the Wade Keller podcasts and post shows and daily casts with the ads and plugs removed and the VIP after shows and the Wade Keller hotlines, plus all the other VIP exclusive podcasts and a PDF and all text version of the weekly Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter and a 20 years ago Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter every week. Full details on how to support us and get so much in return with three different tiered options at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. You can still support us directly on our website and get the full VIP benefits for $9.99 a month by going to pwtorch.com slash govip. That has not changed. This is just an additional option for those of you who are familiar with and like supporting creators on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
If it's Sunday, it's Wrestling Night in America here on PWTorchDailyCast.com. Good Sunday evening for May 16th, 2021. I am Pro Wrestling Torch columnist Greg Parks coming to you after WrestleMania Backlash. As we run down this show and take your thoughts and opinions on it. So I'm looking forward to hearing what people thought of WrestleMania Backlash. Call us up 515-605-9345. Press 1 if you'd like to talk. Otherwise, you can email us, WNIALivecast at gmail.com. And right at the outset, the biggest news coming out of this show, obviously, is Miz and John Morrison being eaten alive by zombies. They were delicious. Okay, maybe they weren't eaten alive. High percentage that they're going to show up on Raw tomorrow night. No worse for the wear. But zombies did play a significant part in tonight's show. We'll get to that in a moment. As we usually do here, I'll uh, go through the matches, and uh, then we'll hit your calls. Remember, if you're on hold, we've got quite a few people on hold, so make sure you limit your questions or comments to three so we can get through this in a reasonable amount of time here as we're past 10 o'clock on the East Coast. The pre-show match for WrestleMania Backlash tonight saw Sheamus, the United States Champion, defeat Ricochet in a non-title match. It was an open challenge by Sheamus, so he continues to demolish the babyface mid-card of Raw after taking out Mansoor and Umberto Carrillo on Raw in the past few weeks. So Ricochet, who's been relegated to main event lately, is now, uh, and I don't mean the main event of, of the show, I mean the show main event, which is... Uh, a sad state of affairs that that's where he's been hanging out lately. Uh, match number one on WrestleMania Backlash saw Rhea Ripley retain the Raw Women's Championship, defeating Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Flair kicked Asuka, Ripley hit her finisher on Asuka, and pinned Asuka. So it was Asuka taking the fall, and this one as Rhea Ripley retained. I thought these women uh, on TV, especially since WrestleMania, uh, have really struggled to find their footing in the ring. And it, it's been hit or miss. Uh, obviously, all three women are uber talented, which is why it's been notable that their in-ring work, especially together, has suffered a little bit. But this one was sort of a coming out party for these three. They really had a, a lot more urgency than I feel like they've had in the past month or so. Uh, so this was just a really good match to kick off uh, WrestleMania Backlash. Match number two was scheduled to be a SmackDown tag team title match in which the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, defended against Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Well, Ziggler and Roode attacked Dominic backstage before the match, leading to Rey finding himself in a two-on-one situation for the bulk of the bout. Dominic did end up coming out after several minutes of Rey taking a beating from Ziggler and Roode, uh, and Ray and Dominic ended up becoming the first father-son tag team champions in WWE history. They are your new WWE SmackDown tag team champions. So, um, uh, you know, I, I think that was the smart move. I think it made a lot of sense. Um, you know, you can question the way they got there in terms of uh, doing a non-traditional match with Ray, having to fight from a two-on-one situation, I think in WWE's mind that probably added to the drama and added to the heart-wrenching nature of the situation uh, with Dominic coming out and and saving his father. So, um, you know, I think in the end, the temptation to do a first-time ever 
type deal like they did tonight was too much to overcome uh, for all you Root and Ziggler fans out there. Match number three, and this was uh, the one that I'm sure we'll get the most calls and, and perhaps emails on. Damian Priest defeated The Miz. This was billed as a lumberjack match. And the lumberjacks turned out to be zombies. Uh, due to a tie-in with Batista's latest movie. Batista uh, was the narrator of the Open, and uh, the movie sponsored this show. So, otherwise, you know, zombies didn't... <laughs> you know, they're, they're not a major part of the Damien Priest-Miz feud, so it was a little confusing from that point of view. Uh, and, you know, Twitter had uh, a good time with this, as you would imagine. Uh, and if you don't follow me on Twitter, at Greg M. Parks, I tweeted my thoughts throughout this show, uh, including the zombie situation. Uh, this is just, you know, WWE as a corporate entity doing what's best for them in a corporate manner, even if it's not serving the fans, even if it's not serving the storyline, which it did neither. And it was just, hey, we can tie this into a cross-promotion Synergy and all that corporate speak, even if it's not relevant to anything we're doing. And so this felt shoehorned in and was silly. And um, if you say it's embarrassing, I wouldn't disagree with you. Uh, this was, um, and, and I saw a lot of people bring up the, the fact that, you know, there were some there's some talk that um, folks backstage in WWE watched the AEW Blood and Guts match, didn't like it thought it set wrestling back, and here we are a few weeks later with zombies. So, you know, I'm sure those same people will be able to explain this away, but uh, it's just kind of funny that, that that's how people backstage with power in WWE view the wrestling world, where a, a wrestling match is somehow bad for the wrestling industry, while whatever you want to call this tonight um, should be should be part of it. Uh, match number four was Bianca Belair defeating Bailey to retain the SmackDown Women's title. Apparently, all the heels, uh, especially the women in WWE, have been instructed to laugh uh, maniacally in a very annoying and put-on way, as Bailey has begun to do, and it's just it's not appealing in any way, shape, or form. But beyond that, this was a really good match. Bianca Belair and Bailey had had a throwdown here. It did not seem like this is the end as uh, Bailey took issue with the finish. So uh, this could be a long-term story going forward. If so, I'm all for it. I thought uh, these two had great chemistry in the ring, as you would expect, uh, given the talent level of these women. And I think when you look at the landscape of the SmackDown women's division outside of doing something again with Sasha Banks, and I'm sure WWE will revisit that at some point, Bailey does seem like a really good foil for Bianca Belair. Match number five, Lashley defeating Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman to retain the WWE Championship. This was built in a similar fashion to Brock Lesnar's matches where it was kind of big spot, big spot, big spot, and, and not a lot of time to breathe and not a lot of, you know, transitions or, you know, this was not a, a hold-for-hold, catch-as-catch-can match. Uh, but I think it fit its purpose very well and stood out on the card because it was the only match of this ilk. Uh, you had Bobby Lashley being thrown through the set by Drew McIntyre. He did come out later to spear Braun Strowman and uh, retain the WWE Championship, so Lashley stays champion, as does Roman Reigns, who defeated Cesaro in the main event to retain the Universal title. I said this on Twitter um, 
that it, it strikes me that that there's more star power in the Lashley McIntyre Braun Strowman match, yet Roman Reigns and Cesaro went on last. Um, Cesaro not usually in this position of challenging for championships, main titles on pay-per-view. So I think this shows you how much WWE is behind this Roman Reigns character that he would go uh, get the main event slot against a uh, you know a title challenging novice like Cesaro. Uh, this was a really good match. Um, I do wonder if there was enough in this match from Cesaro to change people's minds about him and to perhaps, you know, not immediately, and I don't know what's in the immediate future because it looked like he was written off with an injury here at the end of this one, but you had the feeling with Cesaro based on his history that this was kind of a one-time thing and he's going to get sent back down to the mid-card. Uh, I'm not sure if he did anything in this match to change people's minds about him and, and make him more of a main player going forward. But, um, you know, he was Cesaro. He was what everybody from the outside looking in knew he could accomplish and had really seen him do in WWE, just not in the main events before. And so uh, he did really well here. Jay Uso coming out at the end uh, after the match and attacking. It's notable that Reigns was able to submit Cesaro um, without any Uso interference in this one, uh, which has been a staple of Roman Reigns' title defenses. Uh, Jay did attack uh, Cesaro, and then Seth Rollins came out and attacked Cesaro and uh, attempted to injure his arm, which was uh, part of the story of the match. Uh, Cesaro's injured arm as well. So from a match quality standpoint, uh, this was a pretty tight show. This was a, a up and down the card. The match quality was there. For the most part, the booking was good. I think the zombie thing is going to um, be the, the sort of marker for where what you thought the quality was on the show. You know, if, if you were highly offended by that, and thought it had no place in professional wrestling, and you were embarrassed by it, uh, your score of this show may be lower than if this was something you could kind of easily overlook as a 10 to 15 minute part of a larger three hour show. Um, so, uh, interested to get your thoughts, 515-605-9345-WNIALivecast at gmail.com. If you're just hopping on, I am Pro Wrestling Torch columnist Greg Parks, and this is Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, part of the PWTorch family, PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. If you are not a VIP member, uh, we are here every Sunday night, so... Uh, usually we are in the 8 p.m. Eastern time slot for about 90 minutes talking the big shows in pro wrestling. And usually I have a co-host from the Torch family uh, to join me and to break down upcoming pay-per-views, to uh, talk about big television shows like Blood and Guts, uh, themed shows like that. So um, I hope that if you're joining us for the first time tonight uh, that you'll join us going forward as well. A lot of people on hold again um, this hope that we can uh, keep it to three questions or comments. And if you're a new caller, don't forget this is a PG show. So let's keep it PG on the uh, on the comments. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it. If you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also every Saturday we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So, again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, we will start out in the 614, uh, 615 area code, I'm sorry. This is Sean from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Sean, welcome to Wrestling Night in America tonight. Greg, it's always good to talk, man. How you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Sean. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for leading us off tonight. No, absolutely. No, the, I was, well, first of all, I was not highly offended by the zombies. I just thought it was freaking stupid. I, I mean, just. <laughs> It took me out of that match in general, but I was not offended. It did lower my score, I guess. I, I thought I gave the show like a like a six and a half. I mean, it, it was it was pretty pretty good. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was good. Um, the first thing I will say is, I guess just starting out with you know the triple threat with Rhea, Charlotte, and Asuka. You know, I, I thought it was fine. Uh, I, I just don't know where they're going with Rhea. Like, I mean, like I said, I like her having the title, but I just they got to get her away. They got to get her back to her as a badass baby face because the heel, it's just not working for me. Um, I want to say for the match, Charlotte has to stop doing the moonsault. Please stop <laughs> doing that. It looks bad. You're a heel. You don't need to be doing it. 
don't do it. What do you think about that first? And then where do you think these? I just where do you think they're going with Rhea? Because I just don't like her in the in the character she's in right now. Like like Wade, you, you a lot of you guys have been talking about, and I agree. I just don't think she's very confident in what she's doing, what they have her doing right now, mm-hmm. and. I think she needs to get heated up fast because she's so, she's, she's so good in the ring. She's, she's such a great character when she's in the right frame of mind for what she's trying to do. So what do you think about the moonsault? Do you think that's dumb? And the, Do you think she needs to stop doing that? And where do you think they're going ultimately with Rhea in here in the next few months? Uh, yeah, I, the moonsault is not my favorite maneuver. I, I tweeted about it tonight. You could see in the when they showed the replay of it, you could see why she still does it because someone backstage or WWE thinks that it's incredibly athletic for someone Charlotte's height to do a moonsault off the top rope like that. You know, you could see they showed it in slow motion as she was twisting through the air. Uh, that's the part that they love, and the the landing is almost. Um, Whatever, who cares? Uh, but we know that the landing has has stunk for a long time. Maybe WWE thinks most people don't care about that, but it's it's often pretty ugly looking. Um, you know, as for Rhea, yeah, I think confidence thing. You know, when when her legs were cut out from under her after WrestleMania last year, um, you know, I hate to speculate, but if I was in her shoes at that time, my confidence would have probably taken a hit. And being off TV and not really have anything to do, whether it's, you know, Triple H, I know in past uh, conference calls has blamed the lack of follow up on the pandemic and how that changed things. Uh, You know, that's to me a little bit of lip service. So I think Rhea is just trying to kind of get in the groove right now. She was finding that groove in NXT, and then all of a sudden she's displaced and, and thrown into a different ecosystem. So I, I think for some people that's a little jarring, and Rhea may be one of those people. And you know, being having the championship put on her so soon after she comes to Raw can sort of be a head-spinning moment. Like it, it's almost hard to catch your breath in, in that role. So. You know, I'm willing to give Rhea a little time, but yeah, it's it hasn't been as smooth for her on the main roster as I'd hoped so far. Yeah, I agree. And it's just sad. I feel bad for Rhea because it's not her fault. I think she's doing the best she can with what she's been given. It's just the, uh, you know, the situation she's in as far as the character and just having her coming as a heel. I just didn't think it was the right move, and I hope they figure out kind of where to go. And I'm assuming they'll. You know, she'll face Charlotte again, and it'll be a really good match because they have good chemistry, and it'll be fine. But I'm curious where they go. Uh, the next was with the other triple threat with Strowman, McIntyre, and Bobby. It, it was man, those guys worked their arses off, man. Wow, some of the stuff they were doing was pretty intense. I mean, uh, Strowman, you know, just, just a lot of the moves were really. I mean, I, I liked it. it. It was a good match. They, they worked their butt off, but I didn't like. When McIntyre Drew threw Bobby into the whatever in this, if they're fake sparks, I don't know what happened back there. They've done that before. Um, did you like the fact that Drew? Do you think Drew was just looking to see if he was dead and <laughs> took that much time to figure out if he was dead or not? Or because he just he stood there forever, and I like Drew's character, but he stood there forever, and it's like, dude, go try to win the match. Like your job should be to go win. Like don't worry if he's. I mean, you're. You're not. I mean, I know you're supposed to care. Like, you know, you're a good guy. You want to care, but at the same time, you want to win. So, what do you think about that? And then, I just don't know where. I feel like they have to go back to Drew versus Bobby because, you know, again, Strowman got pinned clean. Mm-hmm. 
And so, yeah, Strowman can say, well, Bobby came back out of nowhere and he threw me off. And, I, you know, and, and if I fought him just, you know, right there one-on-one again, I could beat him. But I, I just think, do you think they're ultimately just going back to Drew Bobby right away? Or where do you think that might be headed? Well, we've got, as we learned tonight, a little bit of change in the pay-per-view schedule for WWE in that Hell in a Cell is next. And so, you know, to me, Hell in a Cell should not be the first match of a feud. Uh, so that's, I think, a Lashley-McIntyre-type match. I think it's fitting for that. And like you said, McIntyre has the excuse that he was not pinned, so he is deserving of another shot at Lashley. As for Drew throwing Lashley through the equipment, I, I saw him kind of looking through there as if to say almost like, should I leave him in there? Should I grab him and try to drag him to the ring? Is he even in a place where I can do that? How far down or out is he? Like, So I think he was just trying to, to figure out where he was, not necessarily showing concern over the condition, but sort of in that moment, maybe the character being taken by surprise that Lashley went through that um, and then trying to figure out what the next move should be. Gotcha, okay. Because that's what I was thinking. I was just like, he just kind of stood there for so long, was looking underneath there, and I'm like, you know, Strowman, I know he's over the, you know, on the other side of the barricade, but, you know, try to go over there. He's closer to the ring. Try to get him and try to finish him off there. I was just like, I didn't, initially, I didn't really get where they were going with that, but it was fine. I mean, but, but like I said, they worked their butts off. That was, some of the moves were, were really crisp, and I liked that they were trying to go there with the match itself. And then finally, my last thing I was going to bring up, and I'll let other guys get on, was, you know, with Roman Cesaro, like you said, you know, really, really good match. You know, I thought the storytelling was good. But, again, I, I just – I really think they needed to go to a hell in a cell somehow to finish what they were doing with Cesaro because I figured – you know, I think he does deserve another match because, again, I don't know where they go after Cesaro. There's not a lot of people other than, like, Big E. I mean, unless they just go straight to Big E. But, again, you can't go to hell in a cell with that. So just to beat him pretty clean with where you, like you said, with no interference, I, I just don't know where they're going. But what did you think about, I mean, I just didn't like that they beat him clean. And so, you know, where do you think, do you, where do you think the next line of, I mean, do you think Jimmy, they, they go to maybe Jimmy, would just kind of build the story up with the family and does Jimmy just, you know, hey, I want to beat you, Roman, I want to show I can beat you at some point, and then they just kind of go to that because it's a family and so brutal in, in that sense. And uh, where do you think they're going with that? And, Greg, like I said, I appreciate you taking my call. Um, you're one of the best. and uh, But like I said, it was a good show. I liked it. All right. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Thank you, Sean, for leading us off tonight. Uh, I, I posed that same question sort of on Twitter and, and some of the responses that I've gotten already as far as, you know, Cesaro beaten clean here tonight, perhaps written off with an injury. Daniel Bryan written off of SmackDown completely uh, does not leave a lot of – Babyface challengers for Roman Reigns. Um, and so some people responded on Twitter to me, uh, throwing out Kevin Owens, Big E, as Sean mentioned, Aleister Black, which, uh, you know, i getting the sensation from his vignettes that he's going to be a heel. Uh, and then perhaps the most interesting one, Brock Lesnar. Um, you know, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, Hell in a Cell has a nice ring to it. Uh, and, and you've got the Paul Heyman angle. Um, so I, I wouldn't completely rule that out. 
especially, again, with the depth the way it is, with Cesaro tonight not only being beaten cleanly, and I'm never going to complain about a clean finish in WWE, even if we sit here thinking, okay, what's next now? Um, because WWE does so many non-clean finishes that I'll take the clean finishes when I can get them, uh, even if it does sort of make you question what's going to come next. So uh, certainly what's next for Roman Reigns does not look like Cesaro, given the way the match ended cleanly and the way he was injured or taken out uh, after the match. seemed like it set something up again with Seth Rollins. So, uh, again, some of those names that, that Twitter threw out to me are intriguing. Big E has been someone who people have speculated for a while it could be getting this position. Uh, but, uh, you know, we may have our answer Friday night on SmackDown. Uh, back to the phones, we go to the 410 area code. This is Reverend Keith from Baltimore, Maryland. Reverend Keith, welcome to Wrestling Night in America tonight. Thank you, Greg. As always, it's an honor and a privilege to talk to you. Uh, it was a very good show tonight. Um, I was really impressed with the opening and the closing matches. I thought that the triple threat women's title match was a great way to kick off the show. Um, as you tweeted during the course of the match, these women brought a brand new element to this saga. I mean, I thought that the chemistry was just off the charts and all three of them were able to, to mount a lot of offense in this match. Um, even the time that one of the, the three would lay out on the outside of the ring, the other two brought it. I thought it was a very good opener. I was really impressed, and um, I was really surprised that Charlotte did not come away with the win. I was predicting that Charlotte would win this match, but it was good that they allowed Rhea to retain. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think um, a lot of it is sort of what we're reading into the WWE Championship match. And by virtue of not being pinned, Drew McIntyre has a case for a one-on-one -on -one match in the future, whether that's at Hell in a Cell or wherever the case may be. I think the same thing goes for Charlotte. You know, Asuka losing here, Charlotte can say, hey, you didn't beat me. Charlotte, Asuka, or Charlotte, uh, Rhea Ripley, rather, could be a match you see at Hell in a Cell or perhaps even at Money in the Bank. So uh, I look at those two matches in a very similar way in terms of what comes out of it based on the finish. Also, in my second and final point, because I know you have a lot of callers um, waiting in the wings, I really felt that Cesaro was booked brilliantly tonight up until the closing moments with uh, Seth and Jay. But during the match, I mean, he showed um, a trio of grit, will, and determination. And this is the Cesaro that I followed, even going back to his days in Ring of Honor as Claudio Castagnoli and through NXT all the way up to the main roster. You know he's already held the Intercontinental title, the United States title, but he had never even been given a major title opportunity until tonight. But he proved that he could bring it. And, I mean, Cesaro really looked good, you know, um, even in defeat. You know, it's just sad that after going 27 minutes with the tribal chief, he was subjected to a beatdown by not only Jay Uso, but also a delusional Seth Rollins. So what are your thoughts on perhaps uh, Seth Rollins 
and Cesaro meeting in the Hell in a Cell match uh, next month, which they changed um, the pay-per-view schedule. Now, June 20th will be Hell in a Cell. What are your thoughts on Seth and um, Cesaro in that pay-per-view? Uh, delusional but well-dressed. Seth Rollins looking sharp tonight. Got it. Got to hand yeah. it to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think it all depends on what the purpose of that angle after the match was. You know, it, part of it, as I said, felt like it w- they were writing him out for a little while. Uh, he could very easily come back in enough time, though, to make Hell in a Cell against Seth Rollins. You got, you know, some people as as um, Sean. You know, sort of argued uh, that said Cesaro should should face Roman Reigns again. You've got uh, Jay Uso who was on the attack first. You know, you could make the argument for Cesaro versus Jay Uso, and, and again, you can make the argument for Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. So there's three paths that were sort of carved for Cesaro uh, based on tonight's main event booking and the aftermath. Uh, Seth Rollins seems like the safe bet. Um, because of the way he was beaten by Roman Reigns, because, you know, Jey Uso is sort of more of a gatekeeper for Roman Reigns, not usually doing anything on his own outside of that. Um, so if tonight's angle was not meant to write off Cesaro for more than a few weeks, then it seems like Seth Rollins versus Cesaro at Hell in a Cell uh, should, could be penciled in tonight. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes. And I just want to give a shout out to Sean for uh, his insight and also uh, much respect to Hinton for uh, opening up about his heritage on the uh, Friday Night Smackdown post show. And even though I've already spoken to Rich, I want to say on the air, happy belated birthday to Rich Fan who turned 40 yesterday. (laughs) Thank you for taking my call, Greg. Talk to you next Sunday night. Thank you very much, uh, Reverend Keith, the big 4-0 for PW Torch columnist Rich Fan. Obviously, uh, a happy birthday to him uh, going out there as well. I've still got a few years until that, but, um, you know, it's, it's creeping up very quickly. So um, uh, we'll, we'll go to the emails next. Got a couple emails here to share. This one was sent before the show a couple days ago by uh, Roy from California. He's got a follow-up, too, that he sent after tonight's pay-per-view, but we'll, we'll read the, um, the first one here. He says, Hello, Greg. I'm emailing you early with my question and will try to email Postmania Backlash if time permits. Wanted to know, what do you think of Lashley, assuming he retains, having a small feud with Shelton Benjamin? Kind of like how Reigns did with Jay. Sometimes it works. Speaking of Reigns, I'm hoping Cesaro does well, where he could potentially get another title match down the road, or maybe get a run with the title. Is it weird he hasn't won the IC title yet? Guess that's my other question. Take care. Um, Shelton and Cedric, gosh, I I would love to see them do something important, and a match against Bobby Lashley would be important, but... You know, based on the way they were broken up and and then the team itself broke up, I don't really have high hopes for them, unfortunately. So I I would, I guess, to me, I would prefer of the two to see Cedric against Lashley. I think of Cedric more as the babyface of the two. So if we're talking, you know, Shelton, I would I would throw my weight behind Cedric, uh, you know, more more so than than Shelton. Um, but either one, you know, if they were to, to revisit that breakup of the Hurt Business and want to do something a little more with it, they could. It's just the way they were broken up and how Shelton and Cedric felt like they were booked so many levels below Lashley. Uh, it didn't seem like there was any thought by WWE that they might want to revisit and make Shelton and or Cedric on the level of Lashley enough to challenge for the WWE title at some point. So, um, you know, that's uh, that's kind of my feeling on it. I, I think Cesaro did do very well tonight. Uh, again, I, I don't know if it's enough to change the major decision makers like Vince McMahon's mind about... Um, about Cesaro in terms of his slotting on on the card, because you know this is the Cesaro we've always saw, and this is the Cesaro that that we knew he could bring. So I, I just don't have a lot of confidence that it's going to open open people's eyes. And yeah, he he was only a one time United States champion, um, so I, I guess I can't say I'm too surprised that he wasn't hasn't been IC champion yet. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a, a secondary title or, or something a little more meaningful than he'd been doing is something I'd uh, love to see out of Cesaro. 
All right. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, we have the 111 area code, so this is either an international or Skype call. 111, you're on Wrestling Night in America. Please state your name and where you're calling from. Hey, Greg. It's Sitting from London, Ontario. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for calling in tonight. Um, what's on your mind? Yeah, um, just wanted to make one comment about that Lumberjack match. Um, Cor Corey Graves said something to the effect of we're not relaunching ECW again. The lumberjacks <laughs> are zombies. Um, I don't know what he meant by that. Was that some sort of insensitive comment toward the premature deaths of ECW wrestlers or there's some other sort of inside joke I'm, I'm missing out on? No, that was uh, one of the first episodes of ECW on sci-fi because of the sci-fi nature of the show. Um, they had an ECW zombie come out. I don't know if you recall that. Um, and, and they did a couple other things with um, with some sci-fi characters very early on in ECW's run on sci-fi. So I think the Sandman beat up uh, the, the ECW zombie, but he made that, I think, one appearance on, on sci-fi. So I'm thinking that's what he was alluding to there. All right, yeah, <laughs> that, that's, uh, at least that's reassuring to hear. Um, <laughs> I, I don't recall that. Um, I, that, that was like 2006, right? So, yeah, yeah where I was at that time, and ECW wasn't, I only saw the, the 2006 pay-per-view. It wasn't actually, but the show wasn't really airing until much later. So oh, okay. I probably didn't see that. Uh, yes, second question here, uh, and then I'll probably just leave it. I mean, first of all, I, I think the backlash name for, for pay-per-views is, is good after WrestleMania. I just would take the WrestleMania name out of it and then just keep backlash. It's just it's, it's a fitting name for a pay-per-view after Mania, but ultimately I didn't think this entire pay-per-view was necessary. There's a lot that could have been just resolved on television and then just, just saved for like a couple months. Um, so... That being said, there's one match that, that sort of surprised me um, in terms of how much I got into it. That was the uh, Ray and Dominic versus uh, Rude and Ziggler match. Um, I I went into this thinking that, all right, Dominic has to, like, they got to do something with this guy. Like, they got to either send him to NXT or break him up with his dad because he's taken up TV time and they've got a large roster of people who could, you know, of stars who are ready for television. And, uh, but, you know, I, I remember, like, this took me back to, like, 2005 when uh, when it was Eddie versus uh, Eddie versus Ray uh, for the custody of Dominic. As uh, some people would say, as silly as that storyline was, the performance all around was good. And this time we see Dominic and Ray winning the titles with a, you know, a frog splash as a, a tribute to Eddie. Um so I, I enjoyed it. So what do you reckon the uh, direction is for Ray and Dominic now? Do you think this is a long title reign, or do you think this is you know, good for a little while before they transition Dominic off into something else? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be a long title reign. Like I said, I think this is something where WWE had the opportunity to have a first-time-ever uh, father-son tag team champions and we know that wwe never shies away or says no to a first time ever opportunity um so the the idea that they could build that going forward i think was was too tempting to pass up uh, i don't think there was a lot of thought put into okay if we're going to put the titles on ray and dominic what's you know what's the the one month two month six month plan for them i don't think they were thinking that far ahead with that uh, you know, the Street Profits are sort of the class of the SmackDown 
tag division and them being baby faces and Ray and Dominic being baby faces certainly makes you think that you know Ray and Dominic might not be long-term tag team champions. They would have to get the titles back on heels so that the Street Profits can get back into the title mix soon, uh, unless they do a baby face versus baby face program, which is not unheard of. But you know, I think that the idea that Dominic might turn on Ray is always sort of the cloud hanging over this. Uh, and has been really since the the whole Buddy Murphy Aaliyah storyline as well, uh, just because it would be such a WWE thing to do, you know, to to get heat uh, and get really easy heat on Dominic. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be a long reign, but I think that um, I think for having a moment like that was was pretty cool, you know, um, even if you didn't like how they got there with, with Ray having to take a beating for so long until Dominic came out, even if you're not a big fan of Dominic, which I know a lot of people are not, um, I, I still think it was a pretty neat moment. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't have any... I don't have any other comments. I don't think anything else really was discussion-worthy, so I'll make way for other callers. Uh, thank you very much for taking my call, Greg. Hope you have a good night. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, thanks for calling in tonight. Yeah, um, let's uh, see if we got another email here. Yeah, let's go back to Roy here. This is his follow-up email from After Backlash, and then we'll go back to the phones. We've got still uh, a few people on hold here. Um, Roy says, hello, agri- hello again, Greg. Managed to email after the Mania Backlash. want to say I enjoyed the pay-per-view for the most part, but I'm left with questions. First, uh, is the Superstar shakeup happening, and we w- will we see some NXT call-ups, even if it's one or two names? Also, with Hell in a Cell being next month, do you feel we're most likely going to see another Drew versus Lashley match and perhaps Rhea versus Charlotte? Both matches seem to be headliners for SummerSlam, and I wonder if they do them now and what big matches will they be able to have? Guess it's many of things WWE will have to figure out. Overall, enjoyed the show. Although I wouldn't have preferred Drew taking the pin versus Strowman since it was so obvious. Take care. Um, the the superstar shakeup question is something that we don't really have an answer for. We've sort of gotten used to it being after WrestleMania, uh, sometimes in the immediate aftermath. But this year, you know, we're a month removed from uh, WrestleMania and nothing has been said about it. Sometimes nothing's said until a week or two beforehand, so uh, we can't completely rule it out, but we also can't um, bet on it until we hear something concrete from WWE uh, in either direction. I think Roy has kind of nailed what I uh, suspect at, at Helena Selger versus Lashley and Rhea versus Charlotte, although he does bring up the point that you know those seem like big enough matches to do at some place like SummerSlam. And so if you're doing them at, at Hell in a Cell, and then you've got um, the July pay-per-view as well, uh, you're sort of burning through some of your top matches that you could have for SummerSlam, unless WWE has another direction in mind. We know that SummerSlam is one of the pay-per-views that WWE does seem to care about in terms of uh, booking ahead and, and looking toward, uh, especially with the idea that fans will be in attendance live again. I'm not sure about the July pay-per-view, but certainly I think SummerSlam is, is a pretty much a slam dunk that WWE is going to want some fans in attendance for that. So they're especially going to want to put on uh, the best show they can, put their best foot forward. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see if they hold back a little bit at Hell in a Cell and uh, the July pay-per-view and, um, and see if they save some of their ammo for, for SummerSlam. Uh, back to the phones, we'll go to the 802 area code. 802, welcome to Wrestling Night in America. Please state your name and where you're calling from. 
Hey, Greg, this is Nick from Brattleboro, Vermont. How are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing well, Nick. Thank you for calling in. Uh, appreciate you uh, taking the time. What would you think of WrestleMania Backlash yeah. tonight? And, and by the way, don't worry, you'll be 40 soon. No. <laughs> yes, I, that's, trust me, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> I saw I saw 40s between the tur- before the turn of the century. So okay. God bless you. So, so you've got a few um, got a few years on me then. I got a few years <laughs> on you. Um, in general, I uh, you know zombies notwithstanding, um, I I thought the show was really good tonight. I mean, I thought all the matches, you know, a lot of nits to pick, of course, but in general, again, except for the zombie extravaganza. Um, we're good, and you know, I'd give the show a, a solid seven or eight, and without the zombies, probably a nine. I came in at three hours and three minutes. Just, you know, I think they, I think they nailed it. Um, and uh, to pick my nits here, um, the Roman uh, Cesaro match I thought was you know, really well done. Good storytelling within the match, very reminiscent of the Daniel. Brian Roman match. The one thing I have a problem with, and this is WWE and actually almost probably all wrestling, is there was just a few too many kickouts. Mm. Just you know, uh, Roman hit a brutal um, uh, Superman punch kickout. Cesaro hits his flying, twisting uppercut kick. You know, just just don't. Do the cover, and 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 you're fine. You know, it's just it's like, you know, I know the kickouts are to create excitement and stuff, but especially when there's no audience in the building, who cares? I mean, you know, I just you know, and that's just a general little thing for me. Yeah, I think I think you have a point there. Um... You know, it, it's obviously done to add drama to the match, and I think mm-hmm. I think it, it, it's been pretty successful in doing that. Um, you know, you have the shocked kickout face uh, when they kick out at two, and and really it it does make the person kicking out look stronger, um, and and it adds another layer of story to the match. But I think you're right. I think there is a line. And for everybody, it's different. So it's so hard for WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a line that once you cross it in terms of, okay, that's too many kickouts. It's no longer dramatic. It's no longer believable. It's, you know, it's too much. And, and everybody's line is going to be different. And so I think WWE probably pushes the line for most people more than they perhaps should. But, you know, when you've got a... a 25 to 35 minute match um you know psychologically from a wrestler's point of view uh, it does make sense to go for as many covers as possible uh, and try to wear down the opponent because it takes effort to kick out and so even if your opponent kicks out you are still wearing them down Um, so i can defend it from that point of view but i i think your point is well taken that at some point there's a law of diminishing returns within a match with the amount of kickouts with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Remember that book on your shelf that maybe you bought or got as a gift because someone thought you'd like to read it and you really wanted to read it and you never got around to reading it or maybe you started it and didn't finish it. Well, maybe you just don't have a lot of time to read, but you would have time to listen to audiobooks. Audible is a longtime sponsor of this program, and I've talked a lot about the new releases that I'm reading, new pro wrestling books, autobiographies, self-help, fiction, nonfiction. One of the things I don't talk about that I find useful with Audible is taking a book on a shelf that stares at me and taunts me that I just haven't had time to read, and I'll go look for it on Audible, and I'll download it as part of my membership, and I'll finally listen to it instead of reading it. One of those that I'm about to start is Moneyball by Michael Lewis. came out in 2011. I saw the movie. I have the book. I want to read the book. I haven't read the book. Now I've got it on Audible. It's a fascinating movie. I want to do a deep dive into the 10 and a half hour audiobook, and now I can. So that's an example of how Audible can be part of your life. And you obviously listen to podcasts, but variety's good, and Audible gives you variety. In fact, it's not just audiobooks with Audible. It's also guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, podcasts, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible originals you won't find anywhere else. So, check out an Audible membership. You get a free trial just for listening to this show. Simply go to audible.com slash wade. That's audible.com slash wade. Or text wade to 500-500. That's audible.com slash wade. Or text wade to 500-500. And you can get a 30-day free trial of an Audible membership. That includes their Plus catalog, which is a new thing. If you haven't been an Audible member for a few years or think Audible is about getting one book a month, uh, it's not. With a membership, you have instant access to thousands of titles in their library uh, instantly. And download download them to your phone and, and listen. I'm often bouncing between three or four books at a time, depending on my mood and how long I have to listen. Uh, and now with the new Audible format, you can do that. So visit audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500. Get more information and try it free for 30 days. Yeah, I mean, just have them kick out of a non-finisher. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to have the kick out, have the kick out, but just not the, the finisher. I just think that, you know, it's just way too many, you know, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um uh, my my second point is on Rhea. Uh, man, are they confused? And is she she's obviously confused. And I mean, I know they they they've want this goth personality for her and her music and such, but they lay on the black lipstick to such a degree. She almost she looks like a clown. Mm-hmm. from a distance and at the end of this match they've got her you know doing the finger waggle on the nose and nah, 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 you know and it just she's just coming across not even as a heel but just as a punk it's like i want to root for her but it's i'm finding it really difficult <laughs> to do that um 
not that I want to root for Charlotte, but I mean, I just, it's like, tone down the lipstick a little bit. Um, make her more badass than punk. I just, you know, I... I don't know. Take a look at Becky Lynch and see, you know, okay, maybe someone's got to punch her in the nose so she can bleed and stand up in the stands or something. But I don't know. There's just, it's it's been so frustrating because I so enjoyed her in NXT. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to me, it's not even the punk side of her that bothers me it's that they don't explore that side it's like they just sort of dress her up plop her out there and say okay now she's just another wrestler and it's like well she's dressed this way she let, let's explore that let's explore who she is um why she looks the way she does and and go from there and i think there's you mentioned uh, you know confusion or or whatever the case may be um I don't know that Rhea even knows, uh, has a really good handle on her WWE main roster character. I don't think Creative has a very good handle on her character. Or if they do, they, they certainly haven't expounded upon it uh, to the WWE universe to a degree that would kind of make us aware of what they think. You know, maybe that's a, a more of a long term play. I don't know. But yeah, I, I totally get the frustration about, about Rhea and, you know, just. Tell us who she is. Tell us more about who she is. Don't just throw her out there and and have her, you know, not do anything really original or not come off as original in a lot of ways when she could be so much more. And I think that's the frustration right now. Um, it's it's still early yeah. in her run. She's a couple months into her main roster run, so oh, yeah. there's time to tweak. There's time to um, you know take a step back and and figure out or try to figure out who she is, but uh, right now it's just, it's, it doesn't feel like it's clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, it goes back to a point that I've made with Wade before, and I don't know, uh, is they've got to, I don't know, they've got to get someone who can write for women on that writing staff. Yeah. Because it's just, I, you know, there's no woman's voice in the room, it seems like to me. Um, and then my final point is on the other women's match. Uh, I love me some Bailey. Um, I think she did a fabulous job um, generaling, ring generaling the match. Uh, Bianca is still raw, I think, <laughs> to carry a pun um, to a certain extent. And she, too, needs to, they need to tweak her a little bit. Um, you know, some of her mannerisms are that old heel character from NXT, and it's working against, I think it's to a certain degree, it's working against her, because quite frankly, I was rooting for Bailey in that match instead of the babyface. Uh, see, um, see the, the laugh was enough to get me to root against Bailey. <laughs> not nothing against her, but it's just it's 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 just so you know with Sasha Banks doing it and then Bailey and it's just it's too much. So um, you know I, I think I agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I think there's a point where look I I don't begrudge the confidence that Bianca Belair's character has. I think that's a fine trait. I, I have no problem with her being a confident babyface champion. Uh, but WWE, uh, you know, there's uh, just like we talked about earlier with the kickouts, there's a very thin line between being confident and coming across as unlikably cocky. And I think, 
you know, D- Belair has, you could make the argument, crossed over that line uh, sometimes in this buildup uh, against Bailey. So it's going to be, you know, a lot of walking that line. And, and there's going to be weeks where she crosses that line. There's going to be weeks where you look at the presentation and you're like, yeah, that was pitch perfect about how they presented Bel Air. So yeah. I, I'm hoping they, sort of like Rhea Ripley, they they tweak it a little better, they they get a better handle on it. Maybe Bel Air has some more input in her character. So um, I, I'm hoping that it's more of what we saw in the last few weeks of build-up to, to Sasha Banks and really what we saw after uh, her win over Banks at WrestleMania, more of that character than some of what we saw in the build-up to this match. Yeah, I think it's when she's truly feeling the emotion, she hits it pitch perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she does a really good job when she's acting, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, is when I think it comes across a little bit cocky. You know what I mean? In terms of uh, that if she's feeling that emotion of winning the championship and her parents falling over the couch and what... <laughs> then it, it comes across as sincere when yeah. she's just out there acting and reciting the lines and twirling her hair and skipping down the, the entrance ramp. It tend, That's when it tends to come across a little bit um, cocky and, mm-hmm. and, and off-putting. And um, I will let you move on to all your other callers. And uh, thanks for taking the call, and thanks for staying up late and being there after the pay-per-view tonight. And uh, we'll talk later. Great. Thank you, Nick. Always a pleasure to hear from you after these pay-per-views. If you want to get on the phones, 515-605-9345 is the number to call. We've got uh, 478 up next, and then we've got 203 and 623 rounding us out here. Don't forget our email is wnialivecast at gmail.com. Pro Wrestling Torch columnist Greg Parks here with you on Wrestling Night in America, talking WrestleMania backlash here on May 16th. So let us go to the 478 area code next. This is, I believe, Darrell from Georgia. Darrell, welcome back to Wrestling Night in America. How you doing tonight, Greg? I'm doing well, Darrell. Good to hear from you. What did you think of uh, Backlash? Oh, Backlash. It was an okay show, okay show. It, it was decent, it was decent. Um, my first question tonight will be, um, after the match between Cesaro and Roman Reigns, you see Jay Uso came out there. And before the match, we seen where Jimmy came out there, he talked to Jay and stuff like that. Understand that people thinking that it's Jay um, who's going to go up against Roman, but I'm starting to think that the storyline itself is more about um, it's more about Jay than anybody else, and starting to real to potentially have Jay turn either on Jimmy or Roman or even both and start his own thing. Just how he was giving looks to Jimmy. And how you giving looks to Roman and how they speak to him and how they say to him, knowing that now that he's still a little bit important about himself, about being main or being Jey Uso and stuff like that, and how they talking to him and stuff. How do you see about Jay going off on his own and leaving both Jimmy and Roman alone and maybe even going against Roman, maybe even beating Roman? What? It seems to me like Jimmy would be the one going out on his own. He's the one that has the problem with uh, with the way that Jay is 
kowtowing to Roman. Um, and so, you know, unless there's a change of heart by Jay and, and Jimmy decides to go to, to Roman's side, um, Jimmy seems like the one that would challenge Roman Reigns or, or go out on his own. Um, I do think, you know, it's going to be interesting to track the timeline here because this all seems like such a long-term play. You know, Jay whether he eventually turns or goes out on his own to maybe create his own stable, as you mentioned. What happens with Jimmy? You know, does he, how long does this back and forth continue in terms of Jimmy sort of being there, but sort of being against how Jay is being treated by Roman? You know, does he, when does he either completely buy in the way Jay did and, and become a part of the fold or just completely want nothing to do with that and perhaps even feud with Roman or Jay. Um, you know, we're used to things happening very quickly in WWE and storylines that should be taking months, taking weeks. This has been the one exception. So um, this has been a, such a terrific long-term storyline unfolding. My bet would be that, that we go several more weeks maybe even months with Jimmy, the will he or won't he be a part of this Reigns clan. And, you know, Jay's turn could come well down the line, late 2020, uh, 2021 rather, um, or, or early 2022 even, you know. So um, it, it is Ten the seconds. exception to how we have seen WWE storylines play out in the recent past. Yes, sir. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Wrestling Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. Um, story. I know you're saying Jimmy, but everything that Jimmy's saying to Jay is trying to get him to be and come back on his side and be and go back into a lower tier, into a tag team. Jay is not showing independence as in someone who's thinking about being a single competitor mm-hmm. like who Jay has become in these last years in 14 months that Jimmy has been gone. Mm-hmm. He's been somebody who's been independent all I, although he has been working underneath the thumb of Roman, he has been an independent person as being main event Jay Uso. Mm-hmm. And like most people say, once you be independent and you go on your own, it's hard to go back to sharing and splitting the profits and splitting the fame or splitting the look when you have become your own person and seen as an individual. Sure. So, yes, Jay, Jimmy seems... Like, he, he's more uh, flamboyant, but he's flamboyant and going trying to go back into the status quo. 
as in the tag team. He's not being flamboyant as being an individual. He wants Jay to come with him and so they can be a team again. So he's also trying to use Jay because he feels like he can't be an individual himself without Jay. Interesting. But okay, I yeah, I, I see what you Jay mean. to be more of an individual by himself. I think that's something that's um, important when you look at it because both of them are driving Jay to be an individual, uh, individual. And even when Jimmy go out and he talks, he say, well, why don't, why can't this be main event Jay Uso and the Usos as tag team champions on the door? Mm-hmm. He, and they keep putting emphasis on Jay and then Jimmy as in like Jay like, you remember how the old bands used to be? It used to be the name of the front man and whoever the name of the rest of the band used to be. Right. So that's something that I, I was seeing right there. Okay. Now, um, another thing with the main event that um, you were speaking on, I don't think this is a step down for Cesaro. I think this is something to continue to keep him in the main, uh, main event picture is because... When you look at Cesaro and he's going up against again um, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins is not seen as a secondary uh, secondary character. He's someone who is a main event guy who they continue to lean on, who they think as a main event guy, and just going back and not getting blown off on the feud with Roman. Yes, he lost, but they hurry up and put him in another feud with himself. Do you think that is something to continue to feud until when you get Jay to turn on Jimmy and Roman and be his own guy and maybe even set up his own faction? Do you think that's something that they can continue to do and have um, Cesaro maybe in the future get another match against Roman maybe after Hell in a Cell? Yeah, I just I, I, it's hard for me to see an argument for that. You know, based on what happens tonight. Now, you could have Cesaro and Seth Rollins do something, and Cesaro gets a big victory over Rollins. Like you said, you know, Rollins is, it's a step down, but it's not a very far step down. You know, he's still in the upper card. Seth Rollins is is a a main player, as you pointed out. So even if Cesaro goes from Roman Reigns to Seth Rollins, it's not a huge step down. You know, he's not, um, you know, slumming it with, with, uh, you know, Baron Corbin or something like that anymore. Um you know, after that, maybe if he's rehabilitated a little bit um, after tonight's loss, that that they could get back to a situation where Reigns uh, faces sorrow. But um, you know, it, it SmackDown right now is so devoid of baby faces. I, I wouldn't rule that out completely. Yes, sir. And maybe that could be the potential of um, self going here, uh, going face afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's something um, to look upon. Now that you have both women, um, young women champions who came and won a WrestleMania win again, and it looks like they built a potential rivalry between uh, Bailey and Bianca to keep going. And I don't know about uh, Charlotte because it looks like now that that looks that everybody um, that a lot some people were thinking that um, you might get Alexa Bliss versus Charlotte could come um, true. Where do you see these two competitors going after these uh, few, uh, after this match tonight, each match tonight, which we might see Bailey versus Bianca, but yeah. 
where do Ripley go, especially if they're maybe uh, transitioning Charlotte? Because Charlotte, even though she didn't get pinned, and she can use that as something, but yeah, I, I, knowing the character, that's something that when you know, sir, that character justice. I think the Alexa thing is something to look out for because, you know, we have not seen Bray Wyatt in some time. Alexa has sort of uh, still been on TV, so they're still doing something with her. They're transitioning her away from Bray and almost back into the women's division, it would seem, with what she did on Raw in terms of uh, sort of getting involved in the the match with Shayna Baszler and things like that from from a distance, uh, certainly. But it seems like they're slowly dipping that toe back in the water of Alexa Bliss perhaps being a, a... women's division competitor again um uh, to me it, it felt more like charlotte versus Rhea coming up next than charlotte versus uh, bliss and certainly bailey versus bianca i think they could get more out of that uh the way that the feud started with you know bailey basically appearing on smackdown one day and saying i'm challenging bianca Belair at the next pay-per-view it was kind of really that's it you know it felt like there could have been more there so uh, they haven't cultivated a lot in that feud so far, so I think there's still a lot more to mine from Bianca versus Bailey. So I, I would be all for that continuing. And then I think you know Rhea versus Charlotte just feels so inevitable. I, I'm for getting it over now so that we can move on with either Charlotte or Rhea as champion from there. Yes, sir. Now my last question for you tonight would be about their tag team title match. Now, I want to ask you this. Is WWE broken? Because usually WWE, the challengers, if they win all the matches before the big match, they usually lose. And I understand WWE tried to confuse us by having um, or tried to add sympathy or whatever they thought by having um, Dominic, who never been without his dad before, but from for some reason, before this title match, he's somewhere far, far away from his father to get jumped on and beat up before the match, (laughs) Uh, which was asinine, but whatever. Um, They did something that was totally beneath, uh, totally not beneath, but different than what WWE does, which is loud baby faces, which everybody say 50-50, but they didn't go 50-50 with... um, (laughs) Um, the Dirty Dogs. They have beat them on one-on-one matches, um, three-on-three matches, all type of matches. They have beaten them, dominated them. Uh, no 50-50 matches. And tonight they beat them. Mm-hmm. So this is something that's totally different from WWE. Um, is WWE broken? Um, <laughs> do we have to worry about something? Are they sick? Um, do WWE have some type of booking COVID or, or something that's going on right now? Um, <laughs> I, you know, is this something that we have to worry about, and is this something transitional? I actually wouldn't worry about it. I think it's actually a good thing. You know, the the one thing that stopped me from going all out in predicting Ray and Dominic winning tonight, I, I still thought they were going to win, but the one thing that gave me pause was that two weeks ago on SmackDown, Dominic won in singles competition against, um, I don't remember if it was Rude or Ziggler, I think it was... Um, uh, Ziggler and then Mysterio beat the other one this past week on on SmackDown. So, you know, usually WWE's 50-50 booking pattern would tell you that Rude and Ziggler were going to retain tonight. So the fact that the Mysterios won goes against WWE's 
best practices when it comes to booking, but I also don't think that's a bad thing because sometimes you just got to put somebody over, and sometimes that means just having them win a lot. And so Ray and Dominic winning and winning and then winning tonight is not a bad thing to me. Um, does it do much damage to Ziggler and Rude? I don't think so. Like I don't think they were like in a position to be damaged in the first place. They are who they are at this point. You know, Dolph Ziggler is who he is. Uh, at this point in, in his career. And same with Bobby Roode. So I don't really think there was a lot of damage to be done by having them lose in singles matches and then lose here tonight, even uh, with you know having a two-on-one advantage over Ray for, for about 10, 15 minutes. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you say WWE must be broken. I actually think it's fixed if, if they're coming out with, uh, uh, with, with booking like this. So I think they've been broken all along, and, and this is kind of a... a a fix, but I don't expect it to last. I expect this to be the exception, not the uh, not the rule here. I get it, but I was just saying in the typical um, broken in our world would be fixed because they yeah. need to be broken and um, fixed back. But um, as this match over, do you see a rematch coming after this, or do you see some type of? Um, um, new match setting. Maybe we do get the Jimmy and Jay trying to get the tag team match, and that's when you could get the Jay yeah. turn on Jimmy. And sure. adding Jimmy to the babyface side and keeping Jay on the um the heel side, but making him a strong, definite number two heel to Roman, which they do not kind of have, even though Seth would can be considered that. But with how Seth's character is so... Uh, not likable into not like not likable or understandable to the audience. That could be a strong number two heel um character. Could we see this as the potential going on? And that's it for me. And um, Greg, uh, like I say, you do um layman's work. You do great work, and um, I understand that you probably keeping out with them Jaguars and mm-hmm. uh, um. <laughs> rookie um training camp and stuff like that and you know y'all got Tebow Mania coming back <laughs> <laughs> whatever that's worth but you got Tebow Mania coming back so I want to thank you and um thank you for this yeah sure Darrell thank you um yeah some people have Tebow Mania I- I'm not one of them um but I, I think uh Darrell brings up a really interesting point about Jimmy and Jay getting together as a tag team you now have babyface tag team champions and Ray and Dominic they've been booked pretty strongly um, what purpose would they be booked pretty strongly for? There's not a lot of other strong tag teams in the division. Well, I mean, you can look at Jimmy and Jey Uso, um, who could be getting together at, at some point in a tag team, and, and maybe at the behest of Roman Reigns. Um, maybe it's a, a test of Jimmy's uh, will or a test of Jimmy's loyalty by having him tag with, with Jay after they've not gotten along 100% here. So... Um, you know that that would be a, an interesting turn. I think it would be an interesting chapter to the relationship between Jay, Jimmy, and and Roman by having them go back in the tag team ranks for a while. I know some people would probably think that might be a step down from main event Jay Uso, who's established himself as uh, a potential single star down the line, if not already. And to put him back in a tag team might lessen that. But uh, I think with Jimmy being back and with the story they could tell with that, it would be kind of interesting. Um, to the 203 area code, 203, you're on Wrestling Night in America. Please state your name and where you're calling from. What's going on, Greg? Uh, this is Sergio from Connecticut. Sergio, good to talk to you here tonight. What did you think of WrestleMania Backlash? I actually pretty much enjoyed the show besides, you know, 
zombies. I didn't really like that. But <laughs> the two big title matches I thought really delivered the um the triple threat for the WWE title and the universal title. Mm-hmm. But I'm more interested in seeing where both champions come off after mm-hmm. tonight. Like, um I think it's pretty clear Lashley and McIntyre are gonna blow off their feud in the cell, I think which hopefully they could find a way to keep that feud interesting because it kind of feels stale already. So I can't imagine another five weeks of them feuding. But I really think that match is going to end up in a cell because I think long-term, the plan, I know everybody's saying Brock Lesnar and Roman, but I think that Brock Lesnar and Lashley, the long-talked-about Brock Lesnar and Lashley for the WWE title would be a great um, showcase for Lashley and a great opponent for Lesnar to come back to at SummerSlam. Um, what do you think of yeah. that? Yeah, Brock Lesnar, whether it's against Reigns or Lashley, I think you can kind of look ahead to SummerSlam and say, you know, if they are serious about doing business with Brock again, that would be the, the time that they would want to bring him back and the build up there with fans in attendance. Um, and, you know, earlier I made the argument for Brock versus Reigns. I think, you know, Sergio's making the argument for Brock versus Lashley. I think that's really interesting. I think if Lashley is able to survive, and I think you're right, Sergio, it does feel like Drew versus Lashley and Hell in a Cell to ultimately blow off that um, that feud. And, you know, if Drew wins, I think we can maybe say, okay, let's push Lesnar over to, to SmackDown and think about him versus Reigns. But if Lashley retains at Hell in a Cell, then I think you could make the argument pretty well that Lesnar versus Lashley would be a really interesting match on, on a couple different levels. So uh, the nice thing about it is, you know, when Lesnar left um, some time ago, part of it was it didn't feel like he had any real fresh matches. Um, and, and now you've got the top champions on both brands that are very fresh. You know, we've seen Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar before, uh, but this is a very different Roman Reigns. So I think there's some interest there. Plus you add in Paul Heyman and the role that he will play. Um, we just don't know. And so I think there's some intrigue there. And then, like you said, just from an amateur wrestling credentials point of view, uh, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar would be, would be fascinating to see um, a, a real Haas fight there. So I think you make a good argument for, for Lashley versus Brock at SummerSlam if Lashley does retain at Hell in a Cell. Are you a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling? Then join the New Japan Pride podcast starring Bethany Rubel and Javier Machado with an eye for the action and an eye for the story. We'll keep you abreast of all New Japan shows both in Japan and also covering their American expansion with New Japan Strong. And I'll watch all the Yano matches so Bethany doesn't have to. And I'll watch all of the Ibushi matches. Wait a minute. I didn't script that. (laughs) Listen to our weekly podcast exclusively with the PW Torch VIP membership. Become a member at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, I really do feel like that's the way they're going to go with that title. But anyway, not to, um, not to downplay the WWE title, but honestly, the the greater title and the greater champion is definitely Roman Reigns. His storyline has been the best thing about not only WWE, but wrestling since he came back at SummerSlam last year. Mm-hmm. And seemingly they, Cesaro's not getting another shot. It's like either he's getting ridden off TV 
or he's going to have another match with Seth Rollins yeah. at the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, it seems. So I'm interested to see where Roman goes because it doesn't seem like he has a top babyface opponent to go after. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was thinking, and who knows what's going to happen, because I've been fantasy booking Jimmy Uso to come back since the Rumble. <laughs> I couldn't wait for him to inject himself into this feud and see where his loyalties lied and was hoping that WWE wasn't just going to have us forget that Roman basically destroyed him at the Hell in a Cell last year to have Jey Uso quit. And I was really happy when they actually had him call back to that. So I was wondering if maybe at Hell in a Cell, whether in a Hell in a Cell match or just a plain one-on-one match, you could have Roman Reigns versus Jimmy Uso. And Roman says, okay, you could have your title match, but your brother is going to be the special guest referee. And if you do that, you have, like, Jimmy, who hasn't been backing down to Roman at all, um, as the challenger getting his shot, and his brother is a special referee, but Jay is also, you know, obviously cousins with Roman and has been his right-hand man this whole time. So it kind of adds a lot of intrigue as to which side would Jay Uso favor. That's something I would really like to see. And maybe even after that, if there's not – because I think eventually – they're going to have to run with these guys as a full-on group, even if reluctantly for a little while. Mm-hmm. So maybe if, like, after that, they can do, like, a SummerSlam triple threat where Roman says, all right, I'm tired of this. Like, you guys want the universal title. You want to see who the head of the table is. Let's do a triple threat at SummerSlam. But if I win, you guys fall in line. No, no more of this, you know, acting out and all this other stuff. You know, you guys get your shot at the title, but if you lose – you fall on the line, I'm the leader, I'm the head of the table. So I was wondering if you, what you thought of, like, that long-term storyline of having, like, Jay interjected as, like, maybe like a referee type for the next pay-per-view, but long-term having all three of them fight for the title, maybe to have Roman just win and be like, all right, now you guys had your shot, you lost, I proved I'm the head of the table, get behind me. And then you could, like, kind of push back a potential breakup for you know, a little while longer because I think eventually they will break up. But, like, I think they have to ride with them as a group, even if it's reluctant, for a little while. You know, I like the idea of Reigns versus Jimmy and Hell in a Cell. I even like the idea of Jey Uso, a special referee, if the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view was still in October. <laughs> because I just think that there's so much still to tell with Jimmy before you get to Jimmy and Roman in a singles match to the point that I think doing it next month is just too quick of a turnaround. So if you had the whole summer and into the fall to really expound on it, extrapolate that out, just based on the the, the way this story is being told and how it does seem like it's a long-term story, I think if Hell in a Cell as a pay-per-view is still in October, I even love the symmetry of doing Roman and Jimmy in a, in a cell when Jimmy was involved in, in a, the last cell match um, that, that Reigns had. Um, but again, if the, the pay-per-view was still in October, I'd love the idea. I don't love it as much with such a quick turnaround and, and rushing through the Jimmy story of will he or won't he in, in just another month. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I, I understand that. I mean, I, I would like it just because I would think then you could build to, like I said, maybe a triple threat match at SummerSlam. Who knows? Because, again, there's no top baby faces. And uh, my last question, I'll let you go, is uh, if not Jimmy Uso or if not some kind of triple threat, what, what, 
what baby face can you see that's worthy? Like, maybe they make a Seth Rollins, Cesaro, Roman Reigns triple threat at the next pay-per-view for the title. Who knows? But anyway, I'm just interested to see where you have that. And uh, thanks for taking my call tonight. Absolutely. Thank you for calling in, Sergio. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, again, you know, um, for those who missed it uh, earlier, you know, I, I kind of made the same point on Twitter at Greg M. Parks is, you know, what baby faces are left now that we've we've knocked Cesaro out, we've knocked Daniel Bryan out. And uh, some some responses on, on Twitter included Big E, included potential Brock Lesnar, included um, Aleister Black, although it looks like Black is coming back as a as a heel. Um you know Kevin Owens, they could revisit that. Uh, Seth Rollins as a babyface, it doesn't look like tonight that that's their direction they're going to anytime soon. So, you know, I wouldn't rule Jimmy out as an opponent for Roman Reigns at at the next pay per view. I would just think that's just too quick to get there. Uh, but if WWE looks at their babyface roster and says, "Man, we've got no one, uh, and we've got no one we can build in that short amount of time," then I think they might put Jimmy in that role, but I think they would go to someone like Big E uh, for a one-month stopover uh, before they they go to Jimmy, just because, again, the long-term play there. Um, all right, let's go to our last email of the evening. This is from Kevin from North Carolina. He says, flipping zombies? Really? Gotta love the zombies that are respectful enough to let the match end before going after brains. Ugh. I'm starting to think that Michael Cole has a word count that he is contractually obligated to fill on every show. I've stopped watching NXT a while back and have stopped watching Raw about a month ago. They seem to have gotten complacent with all this money that they suckered Fox and Peacock out of. Everyone go VIP. Uh, that's pwtorch.com slash go VIP if you are not a VIP member. Um, yeah, the, the announcers... Michael Cole is, I guess, the the easy target, but the announcers do seem like that they talk a lot, except when Roman Reigns is doing his monologue in the ring. Um, there, There is a lot of yelling and, and covering the action, so I can see how that could be a little much. Uh, the zombies, obviously, I'm, I'm actually shocked that we have not gotten more consternation about the zombies here tonight on wrestling uh night in america but i you know i'm i'm totally okay with that because i think we're kind of all in the same boat to the point that it doesn't need, need to be mentioned um you know in terms of uh you know suckering fox and peacock out of their money this is a not a great month to bring that up i don't think just because this was a pretty good show by most accounts. I think most callers are, are you know, uh, saying aside from the zombies, this was a, a really strong show. So, um, yeah, I think Raw, I think there's a, a case to be made that Raw in particular has gotten, you know, borderline unwatchable at times over the last few weeks and months just because it's three hours and when you have to put up with three hours of of so much fluff and and stuff that doesn't appeal to a wide range of WWE fans that um, it can be tough to get through to the point where it's like, it's tough to get through without DVRing it at this point. Like, you know, purposely joining in an hour later so that you can DVR through, you know, fast forward through a lot of the stuff is just, it's so, it's such an easier way to, to digest the show. And for me, I always liked watching it live because I like tweeting about it in real time. I liked interacting with the, the folks on Twitter who are watching it live and, and giving their thoughts. But, you know, from, from the people that I follow, 
there are so few who tweet Raw or really any weekly TV show except maybe Dynamite. There, there are so few left that do it in real time that it's not even worth uh, tweeting in real time. And so I'll kind of give my thoughts a little after um, things happen just because I'm, I'm getting caught up on the DVR. So, you know, NXT um, to me is still pretty strong. Uh, I think there's enough to like about NXT. Uh, you know, it, it's not as strong, I don't think, as it was in its heyday when it was on the WWE Network every week. But I, I still think there's enough for me personally to like. Raw is just, Raw's tough. Raw's tough. And, and the three hours just makes it 33% tougher <laughs> to get through on a weekly basis. But, um, you know, uh, the, the fans out there can can make a statement with their with their remote and not watch it. So that's what, you know, if it's really bugging you, like, um, like it was for, for Kevin, I, I suggest you, you speak with your remote. That's the easiest way to let WWE know that, that you're not into what they're selling. So, uh, final phone call this evening. It's the 623 area code 623. Welcome to wrestling night in America. Please state your name and where you're calling from. Hey, Greg, this is Brian calling from Phoenix, 30-year senior PW Torch VIP subscriber. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, Brian. Good to hear from you. Uh, what did you think of WrestleMania Backlash tonight? I enjoyed it. Um, I, I don't really give rankings because I don't think I'm that educated enough to do it, but I really enjoyed it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, pivot just a, a little bit, and I'm actually going to talk about the kickoff show and um, more so about the match on the kickoff show, which was Sheamus versus Ricochet. Um, I said this before on um, the East Coast cast, actually the exclusive VIP portion of the East Coast cast with um, Travis Bryan and Rich Fan, about I think Sheamus is actually slotted exactly where he needs to be. He's being that veteran bully, and he's been actually making all the other wrestlers he's been working with actually look really good. I like how he's been like mocking the open U.S. Uh, title challenge, how he's been mocking that. And if you think about it, Greg, is that um, Sheamus, uh, over the last you know almost a year, since he's come back, I should say that as well. He's pretty much lost all his last couple of feuds. Uh, he, uh, Jeff Hardy overcame him. Big E overcame Sheamus. And then also Drew McIntyre. You know, it was kind of like the, the matches weren't – it was like really only one match. But Drew did overcome Sheamus. The only thing Sheamus has really gotten over – or has really uh, overcome was Riddle for just the one match at WrestleMania. But um, – since then, he's been, you know, doing a really good job taking these, you know, opening mid-card uh, challengers and actually been doing a really good job with them. So uh, my question is, is that who should be next for Sheamus? What person in the, in the back of the locker room would be a person that you would like to see Sheamus go up against next? Well, here's a name that I think we need to bring up in terms of potential challengers for Bobby Lashley, as well as someone who could be a potential challenger for Sheamus, and that's Keith Lee. Lee has not been on TV for mm. months. Um, it's been kept very quiet why he's not on TV. There's not any really discussion about, about why he hasn't been on TV, but it does seem like a fluid situation where he could show up almost any moment, and, and or he might not show up for another two months. It's, it's really hard to predict, but... Um, you know, if we're if we're looking at it as something that he could show up next week, uh, I, I think he's a guy we could look at as someone who could slot in against Bobby Lashley at an off-brand pay-per-view to challenge. And, and he's certainly someone, given the nature of the open challenge that Sheamus is doing, having a returning star like Keith Lee answer the challenge 
would be a fitting, whether it's a conclusion or uh, whatever the case may be, to that open challenge storyline that's going on right now. So I would throw Keith Lee into the mix just just to discuss it. Like I, you know, I, I don't know what his situation is, so I can't comment on when he might return. But he is out there as a name that I think you know we're having these discussions. I think his name needs to be brought up. You know, um, I was thinking about Keith Lee a little earlier today, Greg, and I totally just spaced off about having him come back and do that. That's a really good point, really good person, actually. Um, what, actually, I'm going to let you go, Greg. I'll have two other things. The first thing I would also, I'm going to go back to uh, the, the actually Sheamus versus Ricochet, Ricochet match. It really was a good match, and uh, Ricochet really worked him, really worked really well. I really feel... I say I feel bad, but, you know, if you feel bad, you could actually do it. But, you know, 205 and main, main event, I don't have enough time to do all the other stuff I'm doing anyway yeah. to um, to watch either one of those two shows. But I know that there's some really good action going on both of those two. So I'm really sorry that I've been, you know, unfortunately been able not to watch those two shows like the way I would like to. And then the other thing is is that I do want to say congratulations to Ray and Dominic Mysterio for winning the tag team belts. And then if you go back, you know, 48 hours ago, Tamina and Natalia winning the women's tag yeah. team uh, championships. Um, both of them are well, des- you know, well deserved. You know, you say go watch for Tamina and um, Dominic being really young in the business. But I think both of them are two really good feel good stories when we need those things like this uh, yeah. right around now. So that's all I have, Greg. All right, thank you, Brian. I appreciate hearing from you, um, and thanks for being a longtime VIP member. Thank you, Greg. And like um, Darrell said, you know, you say layman's work. I don't like to say layman's work. You do great work with the torch, and I appreciate all the stuff that you do. Thanks a lot, as always. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, like I said, even if you're not a fan of Dominic, I, I hope that one can appreciate the sentimentality of Ray and Dominic winning the. Um, the tag titles together. I think that's a really cool moment that, you know, no matter what Dominic does in this business, I don't think he's ever going to forget that moment. And that's probably very special to both him and Ray. And so, um, really cool, really cool moment. So a good positive, uh, feel to end on here tonight on wrestling night in America. Um, really appreciate all the calls. I, I, I did not think that this show would get as much feedback as we got. Um, but, uh, you know, thanks to, to our longtime callers who show up every week. I, I appreciate the callers who, um, who called for the first time or, or the infrequent callers. So um, I, I hope that those folks become more frequent callers. And, again, uh, we are here every Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, except for pay-per-views like this when we go on the air after the show. AEW, we do them as well. And uh, Impact, they've been on Saturday nights lately, but we go on the air Saturday nights after Impact pay-per-views too. So I hope you can join us in the future. Next week we will be talking uh, AEW's pay-per-view, which will be coming up uh, at the end of May. So we'll do a full preview of that show next week as well as whatever fallout comes from WrestleMania back. Backlash on Raw and SmackDown this week. Always appreciate the uh, phone calls and emails. And again, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Greg M. Parks. You can find my work at The Torch each and every week, usually on page 10 of The Torch newsletter, uh, where I have a full page column. So uh, thank you for being with us tonight, and, and hope you join us again next week, because if it's Sunday, it's Wrestling Night in America. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a 
single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at pwtorchdailycast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at pwtorchdailycast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, pwtorchdailycast.com. One of the really cool parts of being a VIP member is getting to relive history through the pages of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter back issues. We have Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters dating back to the late 1980s. We put a new back issue up from 20 years ago that week. And so when you go VIP, you instantly have access to over 1,500 back issues and a new PDF, along with an all-text version, if it's easier for you to read that on your phone, uh, goes up every weekend. And the latest issues include a cover story from the June 10th, 2000 issue on Goldberg's return to WCW and whether he's a solution to what was ailing WCW at the time. Also, my column titled Vince Russo is from Outer Space and Bruce Mitchell's column, still timely today, unfortunately, of Racist Gimmicks and Poverty Pimps was the title. That's issue number 606. The week before that, issue number 605 from June 3rd features a cover story that talks about how there could be a shakeup in the wrestling industry with WCW for sale and ECW having an uncertain future. And also a Bruce Mitchell column spoofing Vince Russo titled, How I Became World Champion. If we go back another week to the May 27th, 2000 issue, it had detailed coverage of the Judgment Day 2000 pay-per-view, including my review and staff roundtable reviews of the Rock Triple H 60-minute Iron Man match, and also the final installment of the Lance Storm Torch Talk with his thoughts on various ECW colleagues. The week before that, the May 20th, 2000 issue, issue number 603, features a cover story on Ric Flair's collapse in the ring during Nitro. Part three of the Landstorm Torch Talk with his explanation for why he decided to quit ECW, our coverage of ECW Hardcore Heaven, the pay-per-view, and more. And then the week before that, the May 13th issue features a cover story on the changing TV landscape in pro wrestling, with the WBF moving from USA to TNN and a potential shift of ECW. Also a cover sidebar story on the death of an ECW fan after a hotel party and WCW slamboree coverage. And the week before that, our coverage from the May 6th issue, number 601, of David Arquette winning the WCW title. My EndNotes editorial examining Vince Russo's controversial decision and flippant comments about title belts. Our coverage of WWE Backlash 2000 
and more. I could keep going on, but that gives you an idea of what you're missing out on by not being a VIP member. Imagine settling in on the weekend and uh, kicking back and reading wrestling history, not through the lens of WWE filtering it to their benefit, not through people looking back on it through today's lens, but what was said at the time, the week it happened, by some of the voices that you are familiar with here on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and PW Torch Daily Casts. So go VIP and relive professional wrestling through the way the Torch covered it in real time with contemporaneous coverage of pro wrestling's biggest events, biggest news stories, biggest personalities. I think you'll have a blast. It alone is worth the membership price for so many of our members. Check out details on everything else that comes with the VIP membership, including daily podcasts that are VIP exclusive and shows like this with the ads and plugs removed. Go to pwtorch.com slash govip for full details. That's pwtorch.com slash govip. Prices are as low as $8.25 a month on average if you subscribe for a year or check us out for a month for $9.99. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at PWTorchDailyCast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Casts. On the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, we get right into the top story of the show or the top talking point. But if you don't have time to watch Raw, Dynamite, or SmackDown and you'd like to get a rundown of what happened on the show, I record those every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night for VIP members on the Wade Keller Hotline. The every single day Wade Keller Hotline takes on different formats, but after Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, as soon as I wrap up hosting the post show and send it off to the producer, I record the Wade Keller Hotline reviewing Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown start to finish. I'll catch you up on everything that happened. I'll talk about key points in each match, key statements in each promo, and evaluate what I thought worked and didn't work, and add some other observations that don't make it out of the post-show, maybe something an announcer said, something somebody in the audience did, or other production notes that jump out to me as I'm watching the show. So go VIP and make following wrestling easier. When you are a VIP member, you can hear the Wade Keller Hotline and listen to it as a primer before listening to our post-shows. And of course, as a VIP member... The Wade Keller Post Shows have the ads and plugs edited out for a streamlined listening experience. Go VIP, pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP.